everyone, and welcome back to the Buzzing About Romance podcast with us for this episode. Well, I guess I should say who I am, right? This is Becky. And how are you, Becky? And Leah. I'm great. And Leah. And I'm waving and nobody can see me except the people that are here. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyway. We're staying on brand with the really awkward tonight. We probably should like start re-recording. I love how our guests are just like rolling their eyes at us. (laughs) We're just ridiculous. Okay. In this uh, episode, we are going to talk about tropes. Now, we had an episode that we did earlier in January called What the Trope? Um, but I felt like we needed to freshen up this topic a little bit, um, break it down a little bit better. So, um, in the romance, in the world of romance, we are often talk about tropes in our books. Sometimes we pick a story based on the trope, but if you aren't immersed in the world of romance, you might be a bit confused as to what a trope is. Um, so like I said, we did an episode about tropes back in January of 2021, but I felt like now would be a good time to revisit the topic. And joining us to break down the tropes of the podcast are con- podcast contributors Heather, otherwise known as Minnesota Hockey Mom, and Rachel, who is known as Read with Rach. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies. Thanks for having us. Hello, ladies. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's break down some of these words we're going to use tonight. Because okay. Leah apparently needs a little education. I don't need the education. <laughs> I will explain to you why I chose the way I did. Okay. So we have romance. That's the big yes. topic. It's romantic fiction. Um, there are several different literature can be break down. I think that they consider there are nine main um, categories of literature. So you've got nonfiction, fiction, romance is a subgenre of fiction um with romance being a 1.8 billion dollar industry which makes it about a third larger than the inspirational book industry and about the size of the mystery novel genre science fiction and fantasy genre market markets combined so it's huge uh before we go breaking down tropes we need to address a couple things about romance like what is romance that is the biggest question people have so in the strictest academic terms a romance is a narrative genre in literature that involves sorry a mysterious adventurous or spiritual storyline where the focus is on a quest that involves bravery and strong values and love and it must must end with a happily ever after According to the RWA.org, two basic elements comprise every romance novel, a central love story and an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending, or the HEA. A central love story, a story dealing with love, romance, story, a piece of fiction that narrates a chain, chain, sorry, can't say that word for some reason, of related events. Not all love stories are romance because not all love stories end in an HEA. And Becky... We know Becky has very strong opinions about the word love story. Well, words. Not just okay, so newbie though, you should probably tell them what an HEA is because not everyone who's new to romance knows. So an HEA is a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Right. By the end of the book, we see the couple in a loving, committed relationship and see a future 
progression for them. We do not have to actually read or witness the future progression, meaning AKA we do not need epilogues all the time. Um, but we do need to know that at the end of that story, when we close those books, those two are moving forward as a future together as a couple. That's the AGA. Okay. So Leah kind of gave us the perfect segue, uh, when she mentioned love stories, cause you know, that term, uh, so let's talk about some of the names we hate romance to be called. What you got guys, what you hate. Anybody? I hate mommy porn so much. Yes. Right. One, not everyone's a mom. This Two, is true. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, okay, come on. Like, why are we generalizing it? And you well, know, that's not like such a negative connotation. It's not cute. Like, they're not trying to be cute when they call it mommy porn. Oh, no. They're not, not at all. No, they're degrading. I'm not a fan. Because how yeah. many times? I mean, we have authors like we had Max uh, Walker on the podcast mm -hmm. and a large group of his readers of his romance stories are homosexual men. Yeah. We're not calling it daddy porn. So now do we need to tell Max he needs to start subcategorying his books as daddy porn? He'd probably die. Max would have to he say. would love that. Would I want to see his face because I bet he'd turn like a really bright red. <laughs> probably would um no I Rachel I agree I hate that term too and I I don't personally love like I get where like some of it like people talk about it as smut that also sometimes can have a very negative connotation like you know some books are you know just really well there's porn without plot and we embrace the porn without plot as long and it can be porn without plot that is a romantic story and it can be smutty it can be slutty but to generalize the whole genre of romance mm -hmm. as smut that's wrong that it's just crap well um, and it's more the sense we're using it as a negative thing like you're reading mm -hmm. that smut like like yeah i'm reading smut and i enjoy it because mm -hmm. it is delightfully entertaining for me <laughs> Yeah, it's really just lazy. Like that, I agree. that's just such a lazy word. <laughs> I also, and I think that doesn't give authors credit mm -hmm. because let's be real, we read a lot and yeah. these authors put a lot of their heart and soul into what they put on paper. And they also have to do research just like anybody. So if mm -hmm. they're, if their characters do this job or this job, they're researching it. They have to. So it's not giving authors enough credit, in my opinion, for the work they put in for it either. No, I agree. By degrading it, we are saying that, you know, the work that they're doing is not as valuable as someone that is writing a political suspense fiction novel. Um, I think as much research as goes into a political suspense fiction novel as there has to go into a billionaire romance that he owns a tech company. Cause you gotta have the right words because your readers, mm -hmm. if you screw it up, like have the wrong radio station call numbers, that's gonna piss someone off. It's gonna piss someone off. Or if you write a hockey romance and you can't get things correct, enough on this, I don't do that yeah um i also do not like the bodice ripper uh connotation i know that that comes from the 
old clutch covers of the 70s and 80s of historical romance. Um, You know, because a lot of times the gowns are falling off and stuff like that. I know where it comes from, but we've moved so far from that. I mean, those covers are great and I love them and I love the step back Saturday cover shares and stuff like that. Um, You know, I even bought a Barbie that's a clutch cover from the 80s. But at the end of the day, these books, even those books, are more than just ripping a dress off. So um, then there's the love story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these are love stories. There is a love and it is a story. But there is one particular author who we do not say his name because he is the devil who is very nasty and rude (laughs) to the romance genre when he is grouped into the genre he is very clear to say that he does not write romance he writes love stories so he can take his love stories and shove them where the sun doesn't shine anyway because he's the devil so (laughs) let's talk subcategories of romance so so we have the big heading of romance fiction down to romance so like if we had a graph there's fiction at the top then it goes down to romance and then from romance like a tree these would come out of those and these are not necessarily these are not necessarily tropes that's like saying that a sitcom like friends is not the same as criminal minds they're all tv shows one is a um psychological thriller the other is a situational comedy. So in the subgenres of romance, so we go from fiction to romance and then the subgenres. Some popular subgenres of romance. New adult, historical, dark romance, gothic romance, contemporary romance, paranormal romance, um, suspense romance, erotica, sports romance, and rom-com. Um, those would be the subgenres. And all of us kind of have favorite subgenres we like, and some of us have subgenres we're not fans of. True. Right. Like I am not a fan of historical. It's just not my jam. I have read them. I've enjoyed them. But if it was, I just, I would not pick it for historical just for the heck of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't typically read paranormal unless someone makes me. Same. Yeah. It's not my jam. And new adult is one that I struggle with a little bit also. Yeah, new adult, it has to be an author I trust, and it has to be an author that I've probably read their, like, regular adult <laughs> romance, mm-hmm. and then I'll give it a shot, as long as they're, like, not acting like teenagers. Yeah, I have young adult children, you know, 16 and 18, and so it is a little difficult for me to read new adult genre, because it hits a little too close to what I'm experiencing as a parent, and it feels naughty. Um and not in a good way and not in a good way no it's not a good and I'm a high school teacher and so I am in the same boat with new adult I I I just avoid it because they're the people I work with yeah it just doesn't feel (laughs) so when we talk so now we're going to talk tropes so when we talk tropes these are story elements within the book 
that um, help define what the book kind of plays out as. So in movies, there are often tropes. Um, so you'll have a rom-com and it's a boss employee um, situation or it's a um, fake relationship. He fakes to be her uh, husband so or boyfriend. So when we talk tropes, that's what a trope is. It's it's an element within the story that helps kind of define the relationship or the way the story is going. Important plots, not plots, <laughs> important characteristics, oh. elements of the story. Um, and a couple of tropes that we often get questions about. We were gonna we're gonna talk about those this time. Um, these come up and people will say, especially it's come up with um, summer reading challenge. We've mm -hmm. had people say like, okay, what's an age gap? What's a reversed age gap? So this one's a little different. This mm -hmm. is the base age gap is basically age gap. So there, and everybody has a different feeling on how, what classifies an age gap for how, me. How big of a gap is a gap? Yeah. Seven <clears throat> years plus for me to classify it an age gap. I think that's, that's fair. I'm usually a 10, but yeah, yeah I think it depends how old they are. Definitely. So typically I'd say 10, but seven years when one is like early twenties, that's, that's definitely an age gap. Whereas if they're, you know, late thirties, it's not as much. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, Rachel. I think it depends on how old each of the characters are. Yeah. So so age gap just means there's a gap in the age. Now, some, and I'm one of these people, some of us romance lovers use the term reverse age gap. And there's a current way for us to get away from using that because people don't feel that it is um, correct to do it. I don't. Or is it necessary? Why do we need to... Yeah. distinguish if the woman is older because a reverse age gap is where the woman is older than the male mm -hmm. in the in the book or and it started back in about 2015 2016 when female older female younger male romances started to gain some momentum and popularity within the genre and Sometimes they were taboo, like you would get taboo age gap. Well, you can have a ta taboo age gap. Uh, Rachel and I just did the stopover. Technically, that's a taboo age gap because he's like young 40s and she's 22. I mean, that was huge. That's a big um, gap. It was a big gap. And he's her boss. Um, so, you know, it seems that in our society... A male, older male, younger female age gap is acceptable. When it's an older female, younger male, it's a little less acceptable. So instead of using the things of saying like, oh, it's it's a taboo age gap or however, the industry started using the term reverse age gap to help distinguish that this was an older female and a younger male. I don't know if there's a better way to do it. If there is. Listeners, if you have an idea of a better way how we should be marking these, let us know because we review plenty of books that are age gap and we, you know, would like to do it. So it's a little bit more, um, inclusive. Less, yeah, inclusive. inclusive. There's a good word. 
That's a good word, Leah. It is a good word. You have all the words. Um, another trope that comes up that often gets questions is, what is the difference between secret baby, surprise pregnancy, accidental pregnancy? That's when everyone's like, <laughs> what's the difference? There are big differences. Let's talk uh, secret baby first, because we all know that's one of Becky's favorite tropes. It is. So secret baby means that one of the people, typically the male, has a child he does not know about. Mm-hmm. And it plays mm-hmm. some integral part in the storyline that this baby is either dropped on his doorstep or he reconnects with the mother and comes face to face with a secret baby. It could be a child, it could be a toddler, it could be a preschooler, it could be a teenager, but some way, shape, or form, there is a child that is already born in the world that the man does not know about. Did not know about it at all until, like, it was in front of him. Yes. And sometimes doesn't even find out then. Right. Sometimes they're stupid. Sometimes they're (laughs) stupid. So... Um, The next thing is surprise pregnancy versus accidental pregnancy. And I have thoughts on this, but. um, Why don't we see what Heather and Rachel's thoughts on this are? Yeah. So surprise pregnancy. So I'm going to be honest, like these two kind of confuse me too. Like the secret baby versus the pregnancy ones. Totally understand that. But I guess accidental pregnancy, I would think that they're like a couple. And yes. they accidentally get pregnant and it was not planned, but they are a full-blown couple. So if we look at a book like Sweet Talker by Gina Aziz, that is an accidental pregnancy. It is, they're an already established couple. They've had their relationship. It is moving forward within anywhere from, you know, 40 to 70% in the book, there is a pregnancy. And the only reason you would ever bring it up is it has to be some kind of moment within the storyline. Either this is what's going to bring them together or break them apart. It has to have um, some kind of impact on the trajectory of the story for it to be an accidental pregnancy. So, like, surprise pregnancy, I think of, like, Sawyer Bennett's Lucas. Intended to, I don't want to give it away, though, but intended to be a one night stand and whoops there's a baby yep you know what I mean I just read with a surprise pregnancy the the dad always finds out while the the mom is still pregnant and that's a big factor in the differences there yeah there's no hiding the baby like secret baby like secret you know implies that the dad don't know but like surprise is like mom and dad both are like, well, we did not plan that. <laughs> and right. accidental is like, well, we didn't plan it, but we're together. So mm-hmm. we're rolling with it. I just read My Unexpected Family by Harlow James. And that was supposed to be a one night stand. She figures out two months later that, shit, I can't keep any food down. I am now pregnant. Um, and that's the movement of that whole story. It plays pretty strong integral piece as to what brings them back together after the one night stand I mean when it's done right it's Mm -hmm. done you know it's a great trope it is a great trope um well I feel like all three of them if they're done right Mm -hmm. it's a really good trope but I but I've read each of them where it hasn't been done so successfully 
but yeah. that goes with any trope. Like you can yeah. write a really good trope or you can write a not so good. Mm-hmm. There are some though that are just always not so good. <laughs> In like, your opinion. Amnesia. No. Or a love triangle that's really only two people because it's mistaken identity. Is that ever really good? I mean, honest. And if well, you have good book regs, send them to us. No, that Lexi Ryan book, book the or- Orchard Valley book where Scarlett and like she has the relationship with him on the app. Oh, that's right. And also, that is in a love real triangle life. with two people. Exactly. And it's good. Okay. It's very good. But it's Lexi Ryan. So. Right. <laughs> we should just like, that's the line there. Have a caveat. Caveat. All right. Well, if Lexi Ryan wrote it, then <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, a meet cute. People often ask, what's a meet cute? Oh, I love it. It's just how they meet. It has and to be like memorable. A me- their memorable way to meet. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I am so, I love Serenay's. Um, hard fall or hard pass where how they meet online and she's selling baseball cards and I think that that meet cute is so different and not everyone agrees with me but I think no I'd agree with that one um Helena Hunting's book meet cute is hilarious that is one of the Mm -hmm. best meet cutes um I you know it's well, but it doesn't even have to be like an adorable moment. It can be like mm-hmm. a really like just ridiculous, like Mariah Ankenman, like her, the wedding oh. dilemma. They, that yes. meet cute, like they meet because she is stuck in her sculpture or her like <laughs> plaster cast. Like yes. she has plaster casted herself and she is stuck in it. And the hero is a fireman and like comes to rescue her because she is stuck in the plaster cast. And like, but it's... The one thing about the meet cute is there's no standard for it. Like it can be mm-hmm. a small moment where like they trip over dogs and like that's how they meet. Or it can be something ridiculous like getting stuck in a plaster cast. Um, so that's one thing too, is there's so many different variations of the meet cute. Yeah. Um, J.H. Croy has one where the woman gets stuck in the snow in Alaska on the side of the road. And he pulls her, or she's stuck in, like, covered in mud, and his truck pulls up next to her and is like, I'll take you where you need to go. Um, What an awkward way to meet. But, you know, um, oh, the invitation, Leah, that meet cute Mm -hmm. is hilarious because they meet at his sister's wedding, um, and she's wedding crashing it. Yes. And when he... he he makes her go up in front of the entire reception and talk about how she knows the bride they met and how like what good friends they are and she goes into this story like she runs with it like full on she commits from the moment she gets in she commits to it um so it's i mean me cute can be it's just one small part of the story, but it has an impact on the story. Uh, one bed. This is one of Heather's I mean, favorites. It's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, but it's one we get questions about, though. I don't understand why. Like, there's just one bed. Yeah. But they both have to sleep in, if you don't know. 
Yeah. And usually one's like, no, you should sleep on the floor. And they're like, I'm not sleeping on the floor. I have a bad back or whatever. But that couch isn't big enough for me. Yes. (laughs) Like I'm too tall. Right. Right. Heather, what is the Kelly Jameson book? That's the wind brother that he takes his female story. Yes. Jackson's story. I can't think of which one it is. Um, they, so she is a runaway bride leaves her fiance at the altar and goes with Jackson on a month long trip out to California to visit a family. And he's staying at a resort and he only has one bed in the hotel room. He sleeps in the lounge chair totally as they're sitting in the same room together, mutual masturbation together. Mm-hmm. It's so sexy. It is so fantastic. That story is it's like the game changer. It's game changer. It's uh, book five in the Wind series. Oh, um, so it is one of my favorite Runaway Bride ones too because she is like bad at like. I mean, so good. And the their like quiz show. Her and Jackson are on the same quiz show. Like they do. Oh, like trivia games. bar trivia yeah, trivia team, bar. Yeah. Tri- oh my gosh. Just read the book. I don't know what to tell you. Just read it. It's so good. It's so good. It's a Kelly Jameson favorite. And that mutual masturbation scene is sexy. So sexy. Anyway. Um, found family. Hmm. I People love is- a good found family. Me too. So talk about what is found family. Found family is when there is a person who perhaps is an orphan, perhaps has a terrible, shitty family life who they just want to get rid of. And they find, I said that very weird, I'm sorry, (laughs) where they find a group, a friend group who they create their own family. Um, Renna Morgan's Men of Haven is an excellent, an excellent found family series because it is this group of boys well men they are men um who come together and create this family and the two moms are like the matriarchs of it but they create their own their own family they create this lifestyle that includes them and they're tight-knit like they are chosen family a found family is your chosen family not your blood family which I mean, there's a couple of like blood brothers or sisters that could be part of it, but you make this family by the, by choosing the people that you have around you. And you rely on them and they Mm -hmm. rely on you. And it's just that, you know, they always have your back. They are your ride or die in every sense of the word. Leah, I love that that random series that I made you read has now become like you're like one of my go-tos yes love that. it's so good I actually just borrowed like the next book that I have to read from the library because I just can't stop but it's one of those ones it's nice to like be intermittent with like other stuff yeah it's like oh I need a good book and I'm like oh I have a couple more in this series I can read yes and then it goes over to her Nola, uh her Nola series which is also really mm-hmm. good which is and that's something I feel like we feel, see find, found family quite a bit in mafia romances, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? Yeah, I would say mafia, MC. Um, I mm-hmm. was thinking of Eden Finley's uh, Her Fake Boyfriend series. Some of them have you know strong families, but otherwise uh, it's a male-male series. Um, and they just really kind of pull each other in and really rely on each other and I wrote one of my favorite series. So um, 
Is there any other tropes that we get questions a lot about that we should talk about? That anybody can think of? Okay. You don't think. You don't think. Don't so think. I gave everybody a little bit of homework. <laughs> um, they have to give us their top five romantic tropes. We will start with your five and go to your number one. When you give your trope, we do suggest that you maybe give one of your favorite reads within that trope. Now, each book can contain multiple tropes. So that's something to know too. Just because this is a friends to lovers romance doesn't mean it's not gonna be friends to lovers, found family um, with a meet cute. And if you do listen to any of our quick shots, like you will notice when we do the tropes, there are usually at least three tropes in every single quick shot. Yeah. Sometimes more. Well, yeah. And so I totally did my homework terribly, just so we're all very clear. So and apparently I cheated. So, well, Leah cheated lots cheat. of things. <laughs> I... She named a subgenre, not a trope. I... I will explain it. Excuse me. How'd you pick a book? I didn't. I picked an author. Like, like, I picked like, authors no because I couldn't narrow it down. See, and that's that is the hiccup with this. So I'm going to start. So my number one is suspense. Wait, we're because... supposed to start at our number five. We're supposed to go from the bottom to the top, Leah. Oh, man. You're the... Okay, I cannot follow the rules tonight. Okay, I, I can. Okay, <laughs> Rachel, go first. Okay. Yikes. Okay, so my number five would be sibling's best friend. So typically, it's like your bro brother's best friend, I would say is the most common. But yeah. you'll see like little sister's best friend, sometimes two. And one of my favorite books in that trope is my brother's billionaire best friend by Max Monroe. So oh, I like this, that one. Yeah, it's super funny. It's a rom-com, um, virgin heroine set in new york city it was a lot of fun it was really very funny but it was one of those virgin heroines that it was done well it wasn't like yeah it wasn't yeah, virgin heroine. it wasn't that wasn't a huge key it, i mean it was a key to the story but it wasn't like the focus point right yeah um i would say my fourth favorite trope would be grumpy sunshine so typically oh no 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 wait the, hold on to your grumpy robin. sunshine we're gonna round robin we need heather's five, number, number five, five now okay. yeah we're all over the place tonight you guys so my five is actually the same as rachel's i like brother's best friend or the siblings you know when they fall in love with the siblings best friend or whatever um so actually in kendall ryan's hot jack series the first two books actually are um siblings best friends so playing for keeps and all the way um and they're in kindle unlimited through the month of august so make sure you read them because they're amazing <laughs> um in there that's a little plug I, and i'm trying to think there's just so many good brothers best friend ones but those i think are my top ones there are those so are many good ones, ones. there are I a lot of good ones that one too there are just so many i don't i mean it's just so i don't know Okay, Becky, what is your number five? So my number five, I'm just going to go with my current number five. Uh, or Number five trope is an age gap romance. I love an age gap. Um, and this summer I have been devouring books by Jay Salmon. 
And so I have, she has like six of them that are age gap, but I picked the edge of chaos. That's the most recent one I read from her. It's really good. It's, I mean, it's kind of a found family one also. And, um, it's just, it's fantastic. I loved it. He's, um, she's a bit of a damaged heroine in this one. She has a lot of baggage coming into it. And he, she's the grump and he's the sunshine. So, and it's an age gap friend group found family. It's, it's very good. I highly recommend Jay Salmon. If you're not reading her, I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) Leah, what's your number five? Okay. So my number five is Insta love or lust. It can go either way. Um, I really like this one because a lot of times in these, you get like the over the top alphas in these types of stories. And there's a mix where a lot of them are novella length, which sometimes you just need a short story like that, but not always in my favorite, one of my favorites, like this whole series, but this one in general for this one is the until November by Aurora Rose Reynolds, because these, like the whole premise of her series is the men meet the women they're destined to be with, or rather the, the family meets the people that they're destined to be with and they feel the boom. And it's like this instantaneous, like they know this person is meant to be theirs forever. And the men especially like they they are over the top alpha intense like some stern brunch daddy action going on and i just i love the way they play out Mm -hmm. so funny you're so funny um okay so let's now go to our number four what's number four for you rachel grumpy sunshine so typically it's a grumpy hero and a sunshiny heroine every once in a while it'll be flipped and those are always very fun but I'm just I'm a real sucker for a grump so (laughs) one of my favorites that I've read this year is My True Love by Melissa Foster yes that's such a good one it was so good and he was so grumpy and she was so sunshiny and there was also some like um it was like her best friend's older brother too. So mm-hmm. that was, it was so good. That's a yep. really good one. Uh, that's, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. That is a good choice, Rachel. What you All got right, there, Heather, Heather for number four? four? My number four is Runaway Bride. And we talked about my favorite one already, which is Game Changer by Kelly Jameson. Um, it is it's really good. I don't have any other. Um, and there is another one we just talked about on Saturday at book club and I can't for the life of me remember. Um, I don't know. I drink a lot. And I'm looking at my Goodreads right now. Cause I was like, I had that one all picked out. And then we randomly talked about it. So game changer runaway bride is really good. And bad mother effer too. Um, oh, that's, that's a good, wilder. That's a they really have, and that's book one, and that's a really good runaway runaway bride one. Um, and actually, in our right now, after this will have dropped already after these stories are done. But Jennifer Dawson, her book one in the small town romance challenge we're doing right now between Leah and I, is a um, 
is a runaway bride. She leaves her groom in Chicago and drives and ends up stuck in a small town. So fun. Anyway. All right, Becky, what is your number four? Um, Okay. Number four is a one night stand. And I went with plan B by Jana Aston. I just really love her. She has tons that are one night stands. Wrong is a one night stand. stand. She does. Um, So plan B, it's a fun one night stand romance. So uh, Leah, what's your number four? My number four is small town. And it's ironic that we are having the small town challenge right now. Like we're, (laughs) but um, the one that I picked for this, because there's so many good ones, but I love Claire Kingsley gaining miles. It is the final book in the miles family series, but it is the mom's story. And I love this one because you don't typically get the the parental unit story in these types of things but like the mom like book one like you hear about like the dad and like their separation and like the deterioration of their marriage throughout the series and then she gets her happily ever after finally in the last book and ben is just like he is a silver fox Oh my gosh, is he ever such a silver fox? But he has been pining over her for years. I was gonna say so much pining in that book. So much pining, but like in watching and just waiting for his moment when he can make his move and burn that mattress. That's right. Burn the mattress. I love that series so much. That series is so good. It's so good, so well written. But I just I adore that book. Like, because you just you don't get that all the time. And I think that the fact that like it's the last one in the book and like you wait for it because like you know like she deserves that happily ever after Mm -hmm. just like her kids Mm -hmm. and ben is such a great character so great he is like he is like he's the dad like he is the dad to all of those kids without being their dad rachel what's your number three my number three is first responder romance so I love romantic suspense, but that is a subgenre. So I tried to pick one that I felt like more encompassed what I really love to read. So I picked the book I picked is Justice for Mackenzie by Susan Stoker. Oh, that one's so good. So that was the first Susan Stoker book I read, and now I've read all of her books. So <laughs> that was a Texas Ranger. And oh, fun. I love first responder romances because typically there is a suspense element and they have to use like their experience as a first responder to kind of help the typically the heroine in some sort of situation. So Justice for Mackenzie, like my heart was beating so fast during that book. And it's like you knew, like you kind of knew something was going to happen but you didn't know when or how. So yeah, yeah she I holds out for that one. Yeah, that, so it funny. was so good. Um, Heather, what's your number three? Uh, I am all about age gap. So I like regular, like just an age gap. So the age gap and reverse age gap. Um, I really like, I just read a male male romance um, called Virgin Flyer by Lucy Lennox. It was really cute. Um, I kind I want to say it was a titch like a love triangle, but I didn't like feel like when I was, it wasn't off putting. So, 
and I really like Lucy Lennox. She does a really great, um, she has really great characters. Um, I really like um, Your Dad Will Do. Oh, that's uh, yeah. so good. Or My Dad's Best Friend by Katie Robert is really good. Um, I know it is not a romance. I'm going to preface this by saying it is not a romance, but it is still a really good book. Um, oh my God. I'm totally blanking on the name. You're going to say the idea of you. Yes. The idea of you. So I know you're going to say that. (laughs) I know that is super controversial and I'm telling you right now that it is not a romance because it's not a romance, but it will gut you. You still should read it. Yeah. As long as you go in knowing it's not a romance. Yes. As long as you go in knowing, because not everyone did. No, I chucked read this lady. Who writes the idea of you? Robin, Robin Lee. Lee. Okay. Oh, they lead you. Like I have heard about that, and they you they you are led to believe it is a romance. So well, it is. <laughs> it is written very much like a romance. It's not written like women's fiction. So um, there's a 20 hmm. year age gap. Oh. 20 and, you years. know, one that comes up often is like Penelope uh Douglas's birthday girl. It's on my Kindle. I haven't read it yet. Um, and Gianna Darling has a couple of age gap ones that come up quite often in age gap wrecks that are on my TBR because I do also. Jenna Hartley does age gap well. She does. <clears throat> um, unpredictable is sexy and talk about Silver Fox Harrison. Put that down. Sham. Wow. And that's in KU. <laughs> that's in KU. Well, and I Um, think that I don't have very many recs because I want them to be done well and not done in like a sleazy. Yes. I, and I don't like to use that word either, but I, I want it to be done well. No, Like, and really have a feel like a deep connection. Just so you don't want to Jay Salmon has several that are really good age gaps and actually Serena (laughs) Aykroyd, which is my latest rabbit hole. And she writes mafia. She has some really good age gap romances well, that are that done. right there is oh, Heather's well. Jam, Mafia, and an age gap. I mean, it's two of her favorites. Want to grow up? Um, okay, number three for me, Secret Baby. It's number um, three. I'm surprised by that. I know. Again, I think it's because it's one of my favorites. Like, if it's a Secret Baby, I'm going to read it. But they're not often done yeah. well. While it is my one of my favorite tropes, it has to be mm-hmm. done well. Um, one of my favorite secret baby romances is Dirty Secret by Emma Hart. It's also a rock star romance. And so um, teenage pregnancy, he, she, he does not know she is pregnant. They leave um, because they're a group of brothers that are in a band. They leave to go take their break, you know, and become famous rock stars. And she stays back in the small town and um, I guess she didn't stay in the small town. She left the small town and came back. Um, So it's every, it's second chance. It's secret baby. It's small town romance. It's just, and rock star dirty secret by Emma Hart. That is my favorite secret baby. It's just the way it plays out because of age and circumstance, it makes sense. So Leah, what's your number three? Um, My number three is marriage in crisis. This is a trope that you don't get a lot of. And when an author does it well, it is 
excellent. I think I might like it so much because I am married and I can relate to it very well because I've been married for for 13 years now. I forgot how long. Um, and it's, it's not always like happy sunshine in marriage and you go through bad patches and rough patches. And we have went through some really bad patches, circumstantial patches in our circumstances, what we went through 70% of people that go through that end up getting divorced. So we were one of the ones who were able to power through. We did not have a crisis in that moment, which we were very fortunate that we had that. But I think that there's so many moments in a marriage where like one thing can happen and it can, it can divide and just change the trajectory of your relationship in so many ways. Um, but I have two for this one because I couldn't decide. So I just recently, and it came out today actually, but it's my Marie Johnson. It's called King's Queen. It is the final book in her King Oil series. It is, so the couple has been married for four years. I don't want to give spoilers away since it's so new. And she finds out something that she was not made aware of when they got married. And so she decides that she's wants out. Like she has been in this situation for four years and her life is not what she wanted it to be. But I really enjoyed the way that Johnston put the book together because it is not just Aiden's fault. It is not just, I'm blanking on her name right at the moment. It is not Kate. It is not Kate's fault. Like, yes, she makes the decision that she wants the divorce. Like, but they are both working on things that they discover like they're doing wrong. So it is not like she expects him to change or he expects her to change. Like they both mm -hmm. look at their relationship and see, I could have done this differently. I could have done this differently. Like I am at fault for this part of our relationship falling apart. And he is saying like, I'm at fault for this part and I need to change this and I need to do this. And she needs to change this and do this. And I think it was just really well done because it, there wasn't blame on either one of the, the couple. It was a joint thing. Yeah. And then the other one is love her or lose her by Tessa Bailey. I just, I really like the way they do it because the, the hero has this one track mind and like he wants to do certain things for his wife and she kind of loses herself in their relationship and then she decides like I'm not happy I want things to change but he's not willing to make changes at first and so she again is like I'm done like unless things can change like I don't want to be in this situation anymore and so again like she is bettering herself and he is seeing how his one track mind wasn't good for either of them. So it's a marriage crisis. Okay. Rachel, number two on your list. Second favorite trope. Okay. Number two on my list is friends to lovers. <laughs> so <laughs> Becky hates this trope. I love it. I do not think it's incestuous, it's incestuous. but I I think that it can be if it's not set up correctly. Yes. 
So I can definitely see if you're reading one and all they do is talk about their like brother and sister, like, and that's how they see their relationship. And then all of a sudden a flip switches or a switch flips. No. Yeah. So one of my favorites is My Always One by Aletha Romig. So it just came out recently and they were childhood best friends, but the way it was written is you saw different periods of their past. And there was always a little bit something there. And it was kind of like they were afraid to go there. So it, they ended up in like a little type of fake relationship type thing too. So it let them kind of explore, explore their feelings. And then another one is um, Best Fake Fiance by Roxy Noir which it's best friends who enter into a fake relationship and then kind of realize that oh the other person might have feelings for me too and it's like they they're afraid to lose the friendship so they never acted on it so those are the types of friends to lovers i like not the ones where like they've been best friends forever and neither of them ever saw each other like that and then all of a sudden they're like huh yeah um Heather, what's your number two? Well, I think I have a tie, but I'm going to go with um, arranged marriage slash, I feel like arranged marriage and marriage of convenience are sometimes used interchangeably. Um, and because I am a huge mafia reader, um, this is kind of my jam. So I love, love um, Cora Riley. So uh, Sweet Temptation is a standalone um the other one excuse me is um bound by duty um by Cora riley that's an arranged marriage i recently read another um series written by renee rose it's a arranged marriage the fixer um it's a russian mafia set in chicago highly recommend that Jeez. um serena Ackroyd, her Filthy series is all mostly arranged marriages, FYI. Well, Just, I think I'm going to have to read that whole series. They're so sexy. So freaking sexy. Okay. Is sexy a trope? Because No, that, we oh. it's just expected. Because in every book, <laughs> it's expected. Um, right. I mean, Closed I'm doors being bed. truthful. <laughs> From they the four of us. Four little, that's a four-letter word. Right. The books that we're recommending will melt Kindles, just so right. you know. <laughs> um, so my number two is fake relationship. And my all-time most favorite must-read fake relationship romance is Marriage for One by Ella Mays. If you have not read that book, you are so missing out. It's part of KU. It's just so good. Um, anyway. I love that one. Leah, what's your number two? Okay. So I'm switching my number two. Cause I, again, I don't try to break the rules. Of, well, what are rules? We have rules sort of. Do we sort of loose rules? We make the rules like what we want them to be. Okay. So I am going to do marriage of convenience. So my go-tos on these ones, which you wouldn't expect as much, but Catherine Bybee has this weekday bride series, which I 
you guys, you guys can't see Rachel's face, but she's like, yes, yes, yes. But it's so underrated. It is so underrated. It's so good. It is so good. And it's, it's not like, I'd say it's like a three steamy on all of them. Like it's not over the top steamy, but it just, it works so well. And so it's this multiple book series. It's a seven book series because there's seven days. Makes um, sense. But so every single one, like the, the, the first book, the heroine owns a business where she basically creates fake marriages to either help like establish a relationship for somebody who wants to get into like the political field or establish a marriage for somebody who is like who needs to be married for some reason like they're under contract they can get divorced like and there's it's it's actually a really well written series um but it's just it's so good it is so good in the spinoff series Yes, it has two spinoff series, although the new spinoff series I'm not loving as much, but that's, that's a it's, moot point. It's a lot different, but it the is. first Wives Club, so good too. Yes, so good. Okay, so here we go. Number one trope. Number one trope. Rachel, what's your number one? My number one trope is second chance romance, <laughs> which Becky also hates that one. Because typically they're just stupid <laughs> yeah so typically so a lot of I guess a lot of people don't like second chance romance because like if you're meant to be together you'll always be together the second chance romance I typically like is they break up when they're very young like late teens early 20s like and something breaks them up like not cheating because I will not read that but worst. typically like life goals or some external circumstances external people that kind of thing and then they come back together so one of my all-time favorites is return to us by corinne michaels so that one it's so good they broke up when they were about 18 and then the heroine moves away she comes back after some trauma and they end up getting back together Corinne Michaels writes a lot of very good second chance romance. So if you like that, read Corinne and prepare to have your heart ripped out. There we go. <laughs> um, but, and let's put back together. Don't oh. worry. But then, you know, Becky will just sit here and roll her eyes. Um, Heather, what's Please, your number? No, but you've read a decent amount of second I have. chance lately. I have, and I will say, like, K.A. Lindy has one that was a second chance, and it was because of life goals. She wanted to be a ballerina. She was accepted to the American Ballet Academy. He was playing yeah. soccer professionally. They were apart. You know, college and life. Um, Lexi Ryan writes a second chance romance. <laughs> every sweet regret that is phenomenal. Or no, um, not every sweet regret. It's um, uh, the first one in that series. I don't uh, I'll look it up. It's yeah. kind of like secret baby though, Becky. Like mm, some are just not well done. Is it every yeah. little time or is it every little piece every little piece of me? Every little piece of me by Lexi Ryan. Those are the ones that are good. Lexi Ryan. <laughs> yes, every little piece Lexi of Ryan. me. <laughs> um okay, Heather, what is your number one? I bet I can guess. Favorite is fake relationship 
I love a fake relationship <laughs> when they think that they're nothing's gonna happen and it does and it's usually amazing and I don't know they're I just, just like dumbasses it. like they should I know. know just like when they say oh we're gonna be friends with benefits okay <laughs> nothing's gonna go wrong there right right anyway um <laughs> okay so I have so many recommendations for fake relationship but they're it's my favorite so um Jasmine Miller has a really great sports romance um the kings of the water she has a fake start and it's also brother's uh, best friend and it's a reverse age gap it's not a huge age gap but it is an age gap um the faker by gina z awesome so awesome love him um sawyer bennett has two fake relationships in her arizona vengeance series so she has yeah. bishop and dax and they are like major book boyfriend. every single one of the guys i just named here book boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my number one trope of all time that i will absolutely always one click on is instant connection um one of my favorites is bad liar by lauren rowe um just that moment where like you see them across the room or you know you run into the lobby of the hall of the hotel you run into each other and it's just this instant moment of like attraction and you act on it and um it's just sexy typically they have sex early on in the book which is another reason i like instant connection because you don't have to wait very rarely is an instant connection a slow burn that's all I'm saying, sister. Um, so Leah, what's your number one trope? Okay, so my number one, as everyone has pointed out, is not technically a trope because I couldn't decide. So my number one is suspense. But in the suspense umbrella, there's so many options. Mm -hmm. So you have men in uniform, you have first responder, you have like military room suspense. Like there's just... I, I couldn't choose people. Bodyguard. Yes. I could not oh, choose. God. So I just umbrella in suspense and I broke the rules because that is what I do. I'm the baby of the family. I break the rules. Leah just breaks So rules. then how did you pick a favorite? I didn't because I don't have a favorite, but I, because again, I just couldn't choose because anybody who listens to us talk about books on here is Becky's rolling her eyes at me. Because you didn't play by the rules. Like, everybody else played by the rules, but not Leah. Leah doesn't play and, by the and rules. And Rachel and I are just mad because we also love romantic suspense. So we were like, I mean, if that were an option, we would have picked it. Are you, is anybody surprised by this, though? That Honestly. you broke the rules and cheated? <laughs> no. Yes. And then no. I couldn't pick. But so anything by Susan Stoker, Riley Edwards, um, Anna Hackett. <laughs> I'll just name authors because I can't choose. And you can't even just name one author. No, I can't. It's just, mm -hmm. it is my one click go to all the subgenre. For true. sure. It's like my comfort read, it, which is it kind is, of messed up. It blows my book budget every single month. Like, I need yeah. something dark and twisty. Let You're me sick. find a Susan Stoker. <laughs> okay. That's like so, me, like Mafia, too. Mm -hmm. yeah, you guys are so funny. Okay. So we did ask in our 
members of the hive for some of their favorite tropes and we got friends to lovers enemies to lovers brother's best friend small town billionaire grumpy sunshine and forced proximity Ooh, um, i love a good forced proximity so for the four of us we will link these tropes and the book recs under those tropes in our on the shelf show notes um, so if you're listening and you would like to read some of the books that we mentioned, we will have that complete list on our website when the episode drops. So, um, thank you, Heather and Rachel so much for joining us, uh, to let everyone know what your top and favorite tropes are. Um, we appreciate having you here. Thank you. Thank you. So now everybody has a big giant list of book recs. Um, You're to welcome. go along with our tropes. <laughs> um, we just broke everyone's book budget for the month of August. <laughs> oh, darn. Right? Shoot. I feel um, so bad about that. Let's give a Patreon update, Leah. Um, welcome to our new Hive members, Jenny and Hannah. We are so excited to have you along for the fun. Jenny joined us in her very first drunk book club on Saturday. And, and decided she likes us. Yeah. Well, and that was a fun drunk book club. We had um, a 90 minutes with author Mickey Miller, and he was mm -hmm. so gracious and so funny. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed having him along. He was kind of a, he was a hoot and a half. He was a and hoot it, and a half. It was nice too, because he answered our <clears throat> questions and he didn't really sidestep anything. Like he was just really honestly honest and just who he is. Well, and he also like, he didn't just give us a one word answer, like yes or no, or like a little bit, like he gave us in-depth, like thoughtful answers that we appreciated because you don't always get that. Yeah. Um, so September Drunk Book Club this month is featuring author Kelly Jameson. Uh, we are reading Talk Hockey to Me, which came out earlier this year in May. Um, mm -hmm. It's part of her Bears Hockey series. Um and Drunk Book Club is a perk of our Patreon, and you can find all the details on our website or linked on our in the sh on the shelf show notes to find information on how to join us. Yes, and then the 2021 year long reading challenge and book chat check in is next Sunday, August 29th. Um, our the August prompt we challenge you to read a new to you author. So Becky's goal this summer was to read as many new authors as she could. And then she went, proceeded to go down rabbit holes. So I was like, you I need to did. read these books. Yeah, it's been a really great challenge, though. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in joining us for our reading challenge and book chat, uh, just send us a message at uh, the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will get you an invite to join us. Um, so coming up in a few short weeks is mm -hmm. the buzzing about romance first ever inaugural readathon um on monday september 6th from 12 p.m central standard time to 8 p.m central standard time we are hosting our first ever readathon live stream event it will be a day filled with books readings giveaways shenanigans and more we are celebrating with 14 of our favorite authors all day long live on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. So 
Carolina, who is curl up with books on Instagram, is going to be Becky's co-host for the day. And I will be popping in and out throughout the day. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, you can find out we details have some on our really, website. Really good authors coming to hang out with us. Um, and some really be... good giveaways, too. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we do good giveaway. We do love a good giveaway. We give good giveaways. Um, hey, happy hours are back this week. Happy hours are back this week. And it is going to be such a fun one. So this week, August 26th, so Thursday, August 26th, Avery Flynn is coming back to hang out with us and we are celebrating the upcoming release of Mama's Boy with her, which Mama's Boy comes out on August 30th and it is the return of the Hardigans. I'm so excited. Well, at for least this. one Hardigan. I don't know if the other two books are going to be Hardigans. I don't think they are, but just, but just the fact that Fiona. the family is back. Yeah. Fiona is the heroine and I am so excited for this, but this will be a fun night on our YouTube channel and it is going to start at 8 PM central standard time. So if you want to ask Avery anything, um, come and hang out with us. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I have something twice anyway, shocking that I have something twice. Summer reading reminder, it's almost time for our grand prize drawing. Any book read between May 20th to September 1st will count. Bingos, all bingos, all bingos. All the bingos. Are due by September 1st at 11.59 p.m. We will draw the winner live on our happy hour with Delta James. You can find details on our website. Um, yeah, so... I have loved summer reading challenge, but I'm not sad it's coming to an end. So that's the good and well, bad of that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been good and bad. Um, before it's we get so to much the, fun though. It is so much fun and it's been so engaging and people are really enjoying it. Um, before we get to the next little last part, I do want to mention, uh, cause I forgot to write it on my notes, but we have merchandise. We have merchandise. Um, we do have merchandise. You can find it linked on our website. We um, have all our merchandise at the I Love H-E-A Etsy store. Again, linked on our website. We have t-shirts. If you're looking for a new hoodie for these cool fall nights coming up, um, you should check out some of our fun hashtag co-player sweatshirts or a buzzing about romance tote bag to carry all your books. Um, so yeah, check out our merchandise. You can find it on our website. Leah... What are you reading this week? Um, I am reading Accidental Tryst by Natasha Boyd in prep for a quick shot. Because um, that's the one I decided to, to read today. So <laughs> I'm very excited because it was it was a choice of like four. And I figured I'd go with that one since. Yeah, I'm actually to. listening to that one on audiobook because it's a reread for me. And I just love that book. I it was my recommendation. I hope I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. Um, we shall so, see. We shall see. <laughs> um, I'm so actually, what are you reading? Not listening to Wild Rebel by Lauren Lynn Page. It is the last is that book new. There are three. It's a trilogy. So book one and book two are out. Book three is coming soon. It is the last in her wild uh, and dirty series that she it's a had. trilogy. 
Yeah, like sweet little uh, sweet liar is part of this series. Um, oh, oh, okay. And that was and two books. That was what I wanted to read, but I was like, "There's, there's cliffhangers. I can't there handle are that. cliffhangers." So, uh, book three releases, I think, later this month or first part of September. So I'm reading uh, book one and book, then I'll get to book two because. I do love Laura Lynn Page. She writes, I know she writes a lot of cliffhangers and some people are like, eek. Um, but she writes a, a good quality story. When I don't know it's a cliffhanger. Like if I know it going in and I have both books or all three books, then I don't care because I can just power through and binge my way through it. But I don't yeah. like it when I'm not told. Yeah. Laura Lynn, her books are excellent. So I don't think okay. I've ever read her. I really like her books. They're sexy. <sighs> There's lots of sexy time in them. Okay, notable upcoming releases. Okay, so August 24th, we have Bombshell, Hell's Bells, Book One by Sarah McLean. That's Tell a historical. Me you, that's historical. Tell Me You Want Me, You Are Mine, Book Five by Willow Winters. That's and if you have not seen cover. this cover yet, you are missing out. There is a strategically placed banner that I wish would just drop a little. Peaches, peaches and peaches. Uh, um, Alpha CEO by M. Robinson, and then all in Titan Sin City book three by Sierra Cartwright. And those are all on the 24th. Then August 25th, Feels Like Love, Alondra Valley book one by Jenna Hartley. And then August 26th, Dawn Valenti Family, part one of the Oath Duet by Serena Aykroyd. And the Casanova Miles High Club, book three by T.L. Swan. You went down that rabbit hole this summer, too. I did. I'm excited to see Jenna Hartley's new series. Mm -hmm. um, she's kicking, she's left her Love in LA series. It's complete now. And she's moving into this small town romance and i'm super excited to check that out uh sierra cartwright's books are bdsm Ooh. borderline porn without plot probably okay are porn with without plot um they're very good they're very sexy i know they're in my library and i know that they are on hoopla they are not in ku um so i like a good bdsm book though if it's done well like she has this series good. her bond series is super good Ooh, we should do one of those because she has some anti-heroes in hers Ooh. for october um okay so next time next I'm, time i'm super excited for next time oh we actually had this author in a happy hour back in december of 2020 but we didn't really we only just talked about her new release we didn't really get a chance to like talk about how she writes and her crafts and she is a super super prolific writer but writes really good books um sometimes you don't get certainly quick pace yeah so we she puts are, out a lot of books but they are quality books every yeah. single time so we are chatting with author elise faber um we're going to figure out how she keeps such a strict and prolific writing schedule um, across multiple series. So it's not like she's writing one series prolifically, no, I, one I right after right the other. Now she has four different series working. Yeah, four or five, because there's two different hockey ones. There's the Billionaire Bad series. There's the KTS series. Oh, and then, no, and then the cluster. The, the life, one the cluster yeah. just came out. Yeah. Yeah. Her life series. 
And then I think there is one other I might be missing. So, I mean, but they're good quality books. And I just, how she must do it. She has to keep to such a tight word schedule. We will ask her all the questions. Yeah. She probably has a dedicated editor. Just does nothing but read her books. Who has like a giant binder of like this character, this character, and this, 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 like the Bible, the character Bible for each series. We will have to find all that out. So that'll be on our next episode. Um, We do want to put a programming note in here. This episode was originally supposed to be with author Kelly Kay, but she had some family things come up. So... Uh, she'll be joining us for her episode in October. So if you were mm-hmm. excited to hear about Kelly Kay, she is not gone forever. She just is being, we had to do some reconfiguring due to a family situation. So yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us on Buzzing About Romance. Uh, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.